All right. We're going to jump right in this morning. And listen, we're going to be talking about a topic that is, is a little, if I'm being honest, daunting, and I would even say intimidating, if it was up to me to actually explain the truth of the Holy Spirit. As we're talking about identity uh, in this series, we have to address the Holy Spirit. And, and the thing about the Holy Spirit is, is if we even go back to when Ben preached a couple weeks ago, he, he talked about this you know, there's, we, we try to explain the Trinity, right? And how God is both God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all in one. And he kind of poked holes in, in man's attempt to do so. And if, if you want to listen to that, you can go back. It's a, uh, it's a couple weeks old now on our website. You can listen to that sermon. It was a fantastic one. But his ultimate conclusion, in it, which I loved that he said, was that the Trinity, God as God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, is really, truly, and ultimately a mystery, all right? It is a mystery. It is a beautiful mystery. And it is one that we are not supposed to solve, y'all. We're supposed to embrace and enjoy. And the thing about mysteries, like if, if you like a good like murder mystery, you read a book because you want to walk through it and then get to the conclusion, right? Where the mystery is solved. And the same with a movie. You watch these movies because you want to see the mystery solved. And so we have this desire in us to solve the mystery of the Holy Spirit, but we can't. And so a lot of times, because we can't, you know what we do? We just kind of forget all about the Holy Spirit. And we chalk it up to, well, I don't really know. So we're not going to talk about it. We're not even going to walk in the Holy Spirit because I don't really get it. Oh, my goodness, y'all. No. No. That's the total opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. We don't get the Holy Spirit. We pursue Him all the more. And we embrace the mystery that is the Holy Spirit. And as, as was talked about even in worship, that God is above us. And so let's just walk in that. Rather than abandon the Holy Spirit, well, it's just kind of complicated. Let's just walk away. No, let's, let's move forward. Let's discuss it even more. But I want to preface everything that I say this morning by this. I can't do it. I can't. And I wrestled with that this week because I wanted to. Lord, bring me some sort of mind-blowing fact. Something that's going to blow everybody away, right? And, and, and so I can explain, and I couldn't do it. And finally, the Lord just reminded me and released me of that burden. But we are, we are going to discuss the Holy Spirit this morning, and I believe that in doing so, we're going to walk out of here uh, changed. We're going to walk out of here empowered, right? And Max Lucado, I, I read this devotional of his uh, as a few weeks ago. He said, if you want to make a believer stumble over his words, ask him or her about the Holy Spirit. Right? Like, well, I don't know. All right? It's tough. It is a tough topic. But we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit here because here, here's the point that I want to make, y'all. The Holy Spirit is power. All right? The Holy Spirit is power. And if that's all you hear this morning, praise God. Because the Holy Spirit is power. In everything that the Holy Spirit does, there's power. And with that power brings life. Not death. The Holy Spirit brings life. And I want to look at the three most, I'm claiming it right now, the three most significant events in the entire Bible and how the Holy Spirit relates to those events. There's actually four, but one of them hasn't happened yet. All right, Jesus hasn't come back on that white horse yet with, his, with the sword coming out of his mouth. That will, that'll be the fourth and the greatest. But for right now, we just got to talk about three. Okay, and how the Holy Spirit is involved in these amazing Biggest moments in all of the Bible. And the first one starts at the very beginning. 
in creation, right? Creation is, I would say, pretty significant, right? Because if there wasn't creation, we wouldn't be here. All right, so creation as one of the three most significant moments in the Bible, Genesis 1, chapter, uh, Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. What an amazing image right off the bat we have here. And I want to try and paint a picture for y'all, but really this is just my best guess. You're just, you're just, I'm inviting you into my imagination this morning with this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. You know what that kind of, that, what I think about when I read that, that it was, that it was, it was empty, right? And formless and darkness covered the deep waters that sounds like death to me right if, if you can picture that there's no form it's just there and it's dark and and even the bible goes so far as to say these deep waters right not shallow waters where you can see the bottom but deep waters have, have y'all ever been in deep water like actually swam in deep waters it's freaky now i, I worked at um this Young Life camp back in the day, it was amazing. It was off the coast of British Columbia. It was, the camp was built off a mountain that was coming out of the Pacific Ocean. Gorgeous. But it was about a three-hour ferry ride to this camp. And my job, never having done this in my life, was I was a um, wakeboard and water skiing boat driver. And, and they just, they, I guess they just picked people at random. I was like, okay, here goes nothing. You know, like I'm going to drive this brand new awesome boat and ride into a cliff, right? And once you got right off the, the camp, which was kind of built like this off the mountain, it was 800 feet deep. I mean, right off, the, right off the dock. And if you went a little further, it was 1,200 feet deep. And it was cold water. And when you jumped in, being a Florida boy, it was one, it was cold. And, but the first thing that I realized is like, I can't touch the bottom and I never will until I get out of the water. So this deep water was creepy. And when I read verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters, I think this is creepy. And it was. But then, check this out. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. If you've ever been, lived at the beach for a while, or maybe wherever, but there's mornings where the, the fog is so thick. I've actually been on the beach, been on the beach, on the sand, and the, the fog is so thick, you can't see the water. It's that thick. And, and, and as thick as that is, and, and it, you, it's almost tangible, when I read this, I think it's, it's more than that. And again, my imagination here. But I believe that there's this water, right? And then you have the Holy Spirit. But in that spirit, there's power. And so there's almost this energy where you can hear it, like, <laughs> happening over the water. And maybe even flashes of light, right? Where it's like it's electricity almost. Because something is about to happen. This earth that is formless and empty and void. And there's this darkness right over the water. Now all of a sudden, vroom, the Holy Spirit is over it. And God is preparing the earth for his creation. And what he is going to do is he's going to take this earth that is formless and he's going to give it form. He's going to give it shape. And this earth that is empty, he is about to fill it. And check this out, y'all. The darkness is about to become light because the power of the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters, preparing God for creation. How awesome is that? 
That is the power of our Holy Spirit as he prepares. And listen, this is it, y'all. The Holy Spirit is power and he brings life. So it's not just that he's there. He's there for a purpose. And we see that purpose again in the second, the second most amazing thing that happens in the Bible. And these aren't ranked. These are just three, right? The three most. And it's Luke chapter one, starting in verse 35. The angel replied, he's talking to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. So what happens? There's this young girl and the angel is telling her, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. And she says, how? And he says, I'll tell you how. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that hovered over the waters back when creation started is going to overcome you. And guess what's going to happen? Just like God filled the earth with life, he's going to fill you with life. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is on you. And when there's the power of the Holy Spirit, that breeds life. Y'all following me? So the power of the Holy Spirit is the answer to this Mary, this young girl, conceiving Jesus. Jesus, y'all. The Holy Spirit is power. So powerful that he conceived the Son of God into a young virgin girl. The third most significant event in all of the Bible, the resurrection of Jesus. So God creates earth, or the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit comes on Mary and Jesus is conceived. Then Jesus lives and he dies. End of story, right? No. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead in Romans chapter eight. But listen to what it says on top of that. So as Jesus is, is, is dead in the tomb, the sacrifice is made, the Holy Spirit comes on him and what? He is brought to life because the Holy Spirit is power. He is power. And where there was death, there is now life. Where there was an earth that was formless and empty and dark, there is now shape, there is now life, and there is now light. Where there was a young virgin girl, there is now the Son of God. The Holy Spirit is power. So we can say, all right, praise God. Yes, of course. There's more. As we read in Romans chapter eight, verse 11, it says this, y'all listen. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Who lives in us, y'all. That's crazy. I mean, I'm serious. That is crazy that the Holy Spirit that we read about in Genesis 1, before anything was created, is now in us. God is so generous that when we become believers, he gives us his Holy Spirit. And that power, it's in y'all. I'm serious. It is in you. Yet because we don't quite understand it and we can't quite quantify it with words, we shelf it. We don't use the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us, that fills the earth with life, that fills Mary with the Son of God, that raises the Son of God from death to life. There is life in you all. And if you've been walking around in death, you need to understand that it is counter to what is in you. 
I want to read that verse again, y'all, and apply it to yourselves. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is not dead in you, but is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. He says it twice. He lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. The Spirit is power, and He lives in you. Thank you, Jesus. As we go from death to life, we go from formless and empty to shaped and full of the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus, we are an uncreated earth, we have no real form. We walk around empty, searching for something to fill us. And we try this and we try that. All for the sake of because we are empty and we're covered in darkness. And then we meet Jesus and he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and now we take form. Now we're filled the way that we're supposed to be filled. And that darkness that was over us is now light. Praise God. I want to read what Jesus himself has to say about the Holy Spirit. I think he can do a better job than me, don't you think? We're going to look in John chapter 16, verse 5 through 7. It says, but now I am going away. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. And actually, the the truth is, they have asked Jesus where he's going to go, because he said this before. But their motivation in asking Jesus, where are you going, is not like for Jesus' benefit. They're like, wait a second, where are you going? Like, that affects me. It's a very inward question, right? A very, this is going to blow your mind, but like self-centered question that they ask Jesus, right? We haven't changed too much, have we? And he says, you don't even bother asking. And listen to what he says here in verse 6. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best. Everyone say best. It is best for you that I go away. Now, there's no possible way that these disciples can hear what Jesus is saying and actually believe him. Like if there was ever a moment where they thought Jesus was lying, it would be now. Like, are you serious? Are you serious? It's better for us that you go away. Jesus, you walked on water. You calm the winds and the waves. You cast demons out of people. You, you heal the lepers. You let the blind see and the lame walk. Are you serious? You fed 5,000 with loaves and fish. Are you, what are you talking about? It's best for us. What could possibly be better than you? I mean, and that, that's a pretty good argument. I have to side with the disciples on this one. Like, I'm leading that charge as well. I'm not going to read this and go, oh, they were so stupid, right? Like, yeah. For real, Jesus, what could possibly be better than you? You have changed our lives. We left our families and our jobs for you. And we don't regret it because you are amazing. So how can you possibly say, how can you possibly say that it's best for us that you go? He tells them. In verse 7, he says, Because if I don't, the advocate, who is the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. You know, this departure that Jesus is talking about with his disciples is is a death for them in a lot of ways. They're not going to see him again on earth. He's gone. And we, we do, when we do funerals here, when we do services, we talk about the hope of Jesus. And we talk about how 
important the hope of Jesus is when we lose someone that we love because we know where they are going and we know that we are going to see them again. And it's, it's important to talk about that. To talk about that because they believed in Jesus and they walked with Jesus, that now that they are in their true home in heaven, as much as we might miss them, they don't want to come back. They don't want to come back. They're home. But what we never talk about is how it's best for us that they're gone, right? Because it's not. We're grieving. We're hurting. And it doesn't feel like the best of anything for us. But what Jesus is saying here, if we liken it to a death for him in terms of him being gone from his disciples, he's saying, no, 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 it's best for you that I go. It's best for you. Not him. It is best for him. He's going back home too, but he's saying it's best for you. How backwards is that? To us, it feels that way. But he's saying the power of the Holy Spirit is so real and so awesome that all these things that you've seen me do, it's going to be in you. And now it's going to be your turn. Hallelujah. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is power. If you come to church and you leave here and you say, wow, man, the worship was good today. Worship was powerful. Man, it was something about it. Or maybe you say, man, I came this morning and James was just, he, it was like no one else was in the room. He was just speaking right to me, right? I would love, actually, I don't know if I would, but I would love to say that it's because we just scored like the ultimate you know, worship leader and worship team, which we did, by the way, all right? But I want to say this. There's nothing that the people up here, myself included, can do to pierce your heart in worship and in word that the, Holy, that the way the Holy Spirit can. The power of the Holy Spirit is what you are talking about. The depth of worship, the penetration of your heart through a sermon, through God's word. That ain't me. That's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. Listen, it, for, for some of y'all that are new or maybe you, you just don't know me all that well, I don't know who this guy is up here. All right? I don't know who he is that's speaking to you every Sunday morning except to say it's someone that's, that the Holy Spirit speaks through. Because when I get off the stage and I go home, like I'm a hermit weirdo. I don't like to talk, okay? I don't. That's not me. And I'll say this too. I'll, besides... Ben and Valerie, who can talk to a Coke can and be best friends with it. Every other person on stage here in our worship team is like the world's biggest introvert. And I'm not kidding about that. We used to have people argue over who got that far mic over there. Because for some reason, singing it that one made you invisible to the rest of the church. Like, y'all, they can see you. Do you know that? The secret's out. But, it's a, it's, but when, you, when they come on stage... And they start playing their instruments and start singing to the Lord. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in them. It's the power of the Holy Spirit moving in this place. And that's why, listen, when we say that we are a spirit-filled church, what that means is, is that we, we bring our preparations. All right? We bring what are the songs that we sing, the prayers that we offer, the sermons that we prepare for, and we lay them at the feet of Jesus. And then when this is what we do, y'all. Ready? Here we go. Okay. We'll get out of the way. And we let the power of the Holy Spirit move in this place. 
That's what we do. And that's, that's what, and listen, that's what, that's what all of us do. <laughs> and that's what I love about this church. I'm getting off on a tangent here for a second. But that's what I love about this church is we all do it. What, I, what, I, what I've been telling people over and over again, and it's the truth, and I love it, praise God, it's, for, it's because of him, that when we all gather as Beaches Chapel, it's like there's this total understanding and unity in the room of what we're doing. And, and it's, it's, I, would, I, I, I wish I spoke about it more the, like instruction, but we, it's, we just get it. And it's amazing to see. That's, that's why, you know, we love to come together because we're all going in the same direction. And that's, and that's out of the way. Father, let us be less so that you can be more. Holy Spirit, in your power, move in this place, oh God. Move in this place so that that mission statement that we have, that this be a home for all to begin and grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ will come true. If we do it out of our own strength and our own abilities, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. See, the thing about the Holy Spirit is it's become more of a doctrine than it has an experience. I want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. We can teach on it till the cows come home. And there will be times to do that. But listen, y'all, this is a time to experience, right? This is, this is a time to bring people in and say, look, see for yourself. Because I, I, can, I can talk on it till the cows come home. But ultimately, what you need to do is just taste and see of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that will do all the teaching for you. My prayer this morning was that the sermon would begin in worship. And it did, praise God. And that the Holy Spirit would just move. And he would continue to move because the Holy Spirit is power. And he brings life. He brings life. Ephesians 1.13 says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit. If you are sitting in this room this morning and you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is in you. He has gifted us the Holy Spirit. And what we do with that Holy Spirit is a big question. But I want to say this. If the Holy Spirit is in you, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? And I know there's some of us in here that are. You are fearful and you've been walking in fear, afraid of tomorrow, afraid of whatever is to come. And you've been, you've been walking in this fear over your life, over your family, over your marriage, and it has completely overtaken you. This is a word from the Lord for some of y'all in here. Why are you walking in fear if the power of the Holy Spirit is in you? Honestly. It's time for you to be set free from that and to just stop it. And I want you to remember this, those of you that I'm talking to this morning, whoever you are, whether you're in here or you're watching online, that fear cowers at the power of the Holy Spirit. That fear knows that power and it knows it's already defeated. So I wanna ask you again in love, but in, in truth, and I, I mean this, why? Stop. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what? Alive in you and giving you life. Death came before, but you're not formless and void anymore. You're not empty, covered in darkness. You're filled 
with the Holy Spirit. And it's sealed in you. Sealed in you. It ain't getting out. It doesn't want to get out. It's found its home. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? You're God's temple. Think about it. It's, it's like when we're, when we're God's temple, the enemy can't come up on its steps and enter into its doors because the power of the Holy Spirit is there. So let's not cower in fear over whatever you are walking through. On a personal level, whatever you are going through, do not be afraid. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you. And what we need to do is take that, that ember, that flame of the Holy Spirit that is in you. Because by the way, y'all, when John talks about Jesus, he says, I've come to baptize you with water, but there is one that is coming that will baptize you, check this out, with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire. Power. And so there's this flame that's in us that is the Holy Spirit. And what we have to do is fan that flame to where it is a roaring fire. And that happens in worship. That happens in word. But it also happens Monday through Saturday. It happens in the car. It happens wherever you might be in your living room. Fan the flame of the Holy Spirit that is already in you. And God will start to move. And that spirit of fear that was on you will be on you no more. But you have to understand that it is in you. This is what the prophet Isaiah says about Jesus who, who will be coming. He says in Isaiah 11 verse 2, And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. This is the spirit that was on Jesus and this is the spirit that is in us. Wisdom, might, counsel, understanding. That's the spirit of God. Not confusion, not weakness, not fear, but the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why? When we, I mean, listen, y'all, when we read that, why? Why is there freedom wherever the spirit of the Lord is? Here's why. Because the spirit of the Lord cannot be enslaved to anything. All right? So if the spirit of the Lord cannot ever be enslaved, then he is always free, right? Doesn't that follow that logic? And so wherever the spirit of the Lord is... There is freedom. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? In us. So we are free. You are free. You are not a slave to who you were. You are not a slave to sin. You are not a slave to fear and anxiety and worry and stress. You are free because the Spirit of the Lord is in you. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Come on now, church. Let's go. The Spirit is power. The Spirit is power, and He is the most powerful thing, and so He cannot be enslaved to anything, especially the things that we are walking through here on earth. He's saying, I was there before the earth was made, and I hovered over the waters. We need to stop walking in fear and be free. We're going to have the band come back up. 
I want to read these verses. We're going to go back to it just uh, from last week. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 11. This is the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. In other words, you're not a slave to your sinful nature anymore. For, you live, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Why? Because the power of the Spirit brings life. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Let's say that again. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit in his power brings life. And in that life that he brings in us, he is drawing us closer to him, making us more and more like him to where we are not a slave to our sinful nature, that thing that once was. We have to fan the flame of this Holy Spirit in us and rest on his power, not our own. So in those moments of temptation, in those moments where, where we feel that sinful, sinful nature creeping up, we don't try and sit in there and say, how can I do this? We say, Holy Spirit, come and help with your power in this moment. In that road that we are on to death through temptation, he sets us back onto that road to life. And we are made more and more into the image of our heavenly father as his children. Y'all, the power of the Holy Spirit is in you. The same Holy Spirit who hovered over the waters and who conceived Jesus and Mary and who raised Jesus from the dead. That is no small thing. That, should, that changes everything. And it's the Lord. The Spirit is the Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You're set free. Some of y'all don't even know it. You're set free and you don't even know it. I pray this morning that you are reminded of that. So we're gonna, we're gonna close in worship this morning, but I wanna pray for us. So why don't we stand up? Paul goes on to say in Romans 8 that, he, that we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors, why? Because we're just awesome people? No, <laughs> no. We're more than conquerors because the spirit of the living God is in us. And there's freedom in the Holy Spirit. We are no longer subject to the urgings of our sinful nature. We're conquerors because God in his generosity, when we talked about a couple weeks ago, as a generous God, gave us his spirit and said, I got you. My spirit is power. Father, I thank you this morning for every single one of us in here. None of us are exempt. When we turn our life over to you and we say, Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. With that, we are sealed with your Holy Spirit. We are now your children and you give us your spirit. And that old spirit is gone. And the spirit that we receive is a powerful spirit. It is power. God, remind us of that today and this week. Lord, for those that are walking through and facing their own mountain and fear has crept over them they feel like the earth was before it was the earth. 
formless and empty and in darkness reigns, God. Lord, remind them that there is a fire of the Holy Spirit within them that will chase away the darkness and will fill their emptiness, not with fear, but with hope. Not with fear, but with love. Not with fear, but with protection. Because we are yours, Father. And you have given us your Holy Spirit, which is power. And we are now free, not slaves. So I just speak against that spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. Speak against that spirit, Father, of fear in Jesus' name. For those that are enslaved by it right now, break those chains, Father. Break them, Jesus, and make them new. Set them free, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit that lives in each one of us. Alive, not dead. Active. Able and ready for the fight. Break those chains of fear right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we worship you. You are a great and wonderful and generous God to give us your Holy Spirit. Let us learn to operate in it, to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name.